listening to Little King. That's right, their uh, album Amuse de Q. If you want to check out uh, a lot of these great new tracks, you can do it at uh, Little King Official on uh, YouTube. They got a YouTube channel. They've also got their own website, uh, littlekingtunes.com. That's how we start off our uh, show today. Just 90 minutes with you here on Sports Talk. Welcome back along with Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. We'll get you ready for UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. John Teicher coming up 5.30. And then uh, Chihuahua's baseball back at home here at 6.30. In fact, the A-team will be with us in about 20 minutes to uh, give us the lowdown on the upcoming homestand. But, hey, I am excited. Anytime I get to bring Ryan Rosoff back to the 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo studio, a man that has been here before. We have played his music over the years. He has uh, given us uh, some great tunes that we've played on this show. And now... Since Ryan is getting ready for his 25th anniversary show uh, coming up in less than a week, he's been kind enough to uh, grace us here in our Lubingo studio. Welcome back, my friend. Good to see you. How you doing? Always good to see you too, Steve. I'm doing great. Thank you. Isn't it nice to hear the music to start the show? How do you like that? I I don't know what to tell you, man. It's titillating. I hope everybody else out there in El Paso land feels the same way. Well, let me say this. Adrian just did this on his own. That's why I love him. Because he knew. Took the ball and started rolling with it. The man with the plan back there. We love it, dude. Good job. We appreciate it. I got you guys. Hey, we got to get you a new Donovan Mitchell jersey, though. I have the other one, but I'm definitely not going to that other team. I've got a couple jazz jerseys. But that's it. I was actually, Adrian, I was telling Steve um, that I became a jazz fan because I grew up with Quinn Snyder. Uh, really? My next door neighbor growing up for about 12 years. And uh, so we were buddies. He actually to- taught me how to hoop. But of course, you know, he, he retired or quit or did whatever he did at the end of this year. So I don't have to pretend to be a jazz fan anymore, which is just fine with me. Has, he, could, he could be a Lakers uh, coach down the line. Yeah, I don't really, I can't, I don't know if I can abide by root for that squad either. I grew up a Sonics fan. I mean, Quinn and I grew up in Seattle, so, you know, I mean, it's really hard to root for the Jazz, and it would be, I don't think I could honestly pull the trigger on being a Lakers fan. There's no way. Has Quinn taken care of you with NBA tickets over the years? You know, I've never really asked. He's a very private dude. Um, I think he had, you know, I mean, his travails at Colum- in, uh, in Columbus when he was at Missouri mm-hmm. are pretty well documented. Um, he, had a, <laughs> he had a rough time there, so um, he became Came really private. He sort of closed himself off. I did see him at a jazz uh, uh, Wizards game. I said bullets. Wizards game in DC yep. uh, a few years ago. But yeah, I haven't. You know, it's one of those things. That do you really make that call? Do you really pull the trigger? The answer is probably yes. But I'm sort of embarrassed by asking for favors. I know? understand that. That's cool. Instead, you just wear a bunch of jerseys. Which, by the way, there is a a, a song. <laughs> there's a video. There is on uh, on your YouTube channel. And and this was kind of fun, by the way, because when I was playing the, the music and kind of going through it, the song is called Bombs Away. Bombs Away, that's right. And if you uh, actually know uh, basketball, well, Bombs Away could be anything, shooting from three and, and stuff like that. You wear, like, at least um, a dozen or more jerseys. I, don't, I, I was looking through the Knicks <laughs> jerseys, and I never saw it on this particular video. How did you not at least film yourself wearing a Knicks video knowing that uh, you know you'd be eventually having to uh, answer to this on the show when you came on to promote the uh, the upcoming album. Well, I was looking actually to wear the jerseys of the relevant teams in the NBA. So um, you know, I mean, I guess you can go back to 1972, right? That's la- is that the last time they won a championship? Uh, 73. 73. Okay, so your birth year. That's Oops, right. Oops, gave it away. Uh, by the way, when was the last time the Sonics were relevant? Hey, they were they were super relevant uh, when they were in Oklahoma City with Durant and. Uh, I thought you were going to tell me Jack Sigma. And West Brick. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Jack Sigma. Oh, you're hurting my heart, dude. They were relevant in 90s. I mean, people forget how tough that series was against the Bulls. That's true. That was a squad. I like like the fact that you're also in that music video uh, behind uh, the controls of, uh, was it a plane or a helicopter? What do you... uh, It it was an airplane, yeah. Okay, and it looked like the plane was going down, too, so that was... I don't don't know if... Yeah, exactly. So the ship was going (laughs) down. I don't know if you spent a lot of time in Tucson when your brother were there but there's an airplane graveyard and mm-hmm. then there next to it there's um it's called the pima air museum and so they were good enough to that's cool allow us kind of free reign to uh to film there and and generally sort of make uh make fools out of ourselves which, that's what it's all about I'm, right I'm, I'm an expert i mean what are you gonna do by the way uh you're not alone today you, br- you brought one of your bandmates with you tell me a little bit about it i did so i want to welcome to uh el paso probably for the fourth or fifth time he's been here six. a few times six he says six but who's counting this is exactly but who's counting this is manny tejeda he is my brother from another mother uh, originally from the island 
island of Dominican and uh, met him in Delaware. So we've been friends for a few years, and I was moored out in Delaware for a few years, and, and we just sort of gravitated to each other in some some bar. I can't remember exactly which one it was, probably the pond. But anyway, we just hit it off. We're buddies, and uh, musically we hit it off, and then uh, you know we've made a couple records now. So we did a Muse to Q together, and we also did Aqua's Foil. So always good to have my brother, uh, my brother Manny here. Manny, what yes. uh, what instrument do you play? I play the bass on the band. I also play guitar and sing and a little bit of drum, but I'm the bass player. All He's right. a great singer, too. Singer. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And, um, Manny, it also sounds to me like uh, for you, uh, isn't this just about one instrument? Uh, you tr- tell me, as a musician, do you try to play as many different instruments as you can get your hands on? I mean, I like the bass because it's like the vein of the song, but I also can play a lot of guitar, you know. I can play guitar and sing. Very comfortable. I had to learn how to sing and play the bass, which mm-hmm. I never did, and That's, it's been good. What's the first instrument you ever learned on? Bass. Okay, so that makes sense that for you. That was 1995. Very nice. Oh, just a few years ago. Bashing out corn songs and Limp yes. Biscuit songs and, and all that much. That was the year I started the radio station, so very nice. Oh good God. for you. Is 1995. That, is that Good true? year. Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, I was 14. Oh, that's nice. That makes me feel even better, but I appreciate that. So was that when Teicher was hosting the program back that's, in the day? That's Teich. correct. And Duke, that's correct. Duke and Teich had the show. In they did. Yeah. And Duke's still here celebrating 30 years. And wow. John is going to be on with us in uh, 90 minutes. So now we've come full circle, Ryan. I can't believe how quickly things go, man. It's crazy. You and I were just talking off air about, you know, shooting uh, shooting hoops at the J, uh, you know, with your old man who was, who was a great man. And uh, it's just amazing. You know, you turn around, you blink, and all of a sudden my daughter's... Madeline is, is 26 in December. Which, scary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really scary. And, and of course, your wife and I worked together back in 1993 at Chili's on the West Side, which is going on 30 years, man. I mean, oh, I just, my goodness. The good, the good old days. I'm telling <laughs> they you. They were the mediocre old days. <laughs> I'm glad they're over at least that part. Oh, my sure. God. Um, anyway, so you're back here now. You've got the concert. You got the First off, you know, we, we said your, your daughter's 26, yeah. which means she was, what, a year when you formed Little King? Yeah. So Isabel, uh, my my first wife, Maddie's mom. Um, hi, Isabel. She was uh, she was good enough to allow me to sort of as I was finishing up at UTEP because I did graduate from UTEP in 1997. Okay. Started at the UVA in Tucson and then ended up uh, ended up here. Followed her down the down I-10. Right. So she was good enough to support and kind of take care of Maddie. So. I believe my first album came out May 17th, 1997, and the reason I remember that is it was the day before my 25th birthday. There you go. Uh, nice. It was also the day that I graduated from UTEPs, and then we had a CD release party that night at the old attic. You remember, you remember oh, yeah. the attic down in Texas? Very nice. So yeah, um, it was, it's been 25 years and change since, um, since that first album came out, and it's just been, you know, it's been tough pursuing a full-time career in music because I'm a responsible father. You know, I've got two kids. My son Asher's 15. And so, you know, being a single dad for a lot, of the time and you know owning a team building company which I've had for the last 11 years and working it's not like I was able to just kind of you know tell everybody to go do whatever they do and go on the road which is really kind of in our business what it takes is to be I mean look at the guys not the driving and that's really how they crushed it and you mm-hmm. know, after that Mars Volta and Sparta and all that you get on the road and so for me it's been more a process of putting out records and and maybe playing shows when you can but now I'm kind of in a place in my life where I'm able to dedicate a little bit more time to it and a little more energy and a little more financial resources too it helps so, so it does it does and it's you know you have the energy to do it when you're 20 but you have the financial you know wherewithal to be able to do it when you're older so but how much easier is it now that technology has advanced so much where you could shoot a video on your phone yeah. you have the ability to do things that you couldn't even dream about 25 years ago when you first started so yeah. I wonder about how as technology has advanced in every aspect it's making this so much you know more um, more accessible for you it is I mean in technology there's a there are two sides to it so yes it's exponentially easier to make a record it's exponentially easier to promote you know through social media all the things that we didn't have in 1997 right when the first record came out but having said that you know it was hard to record a record back in the 90s we did our second album out at uh, Sonic Ranch you know with Tony Rancich out there and and it was an expensive proposition you know you had to go out there you were still recording the two and a half air two inch tape Mm -hmm. so um, I think there were only probably a couple thousand releases a month that would come out in the United States or maybe 1500 releases now everybody with a little Pro Tools rig can can make a record so you're probably dealing with 25 
25,000. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's 20 to 25,000 releases a month. So yes, it's easier. Yes, it's easier to promote, but it's also a little harder to separate the wheat from the chafe a little bit and to kind of, you know, climb your way up through all of the mountain of releases that are coming out every year. I agree with you. All right. We got Ryan and Manny here with us from uh, Little King. Again, the 25th anniversary show coming up on the 18th. Uh, that's why you're here to promote that. You're yes. a huge Raiders fan. My condolences on week one. Thank you. Uh, it's one thing losing. It's one thing. It's another thing losing to the Chargers, though. Yeah, that is brutal. That's as tough as it gets in football, right? Really, well, when it comes to it. Well, you know, they certainly owed us for the game at the end of the year last year when they were begging for the tie. So uh, I, I don't feel too bad. I mean, week one, as we know, is sort of a red herring in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think it really takes five or six weeks to let everything kind of sort itself out. Certainly injuries play a part, as they're seeing in Dallas. But, um, you know, the, the problem in Oakland, Vegas, is um, – you know, is that the quarterback is what he is. And I've been a supporter, and obviously, as you know, I've been a Raider fan for over 40 years. He's a very streaky, hot, cold, hot, cold quarterback. He actually does remind me of Dak Prescott quite a bit because he'll give you moments and he'll give you stretches of games where he's the best quarterback in the NFL and he's lighting it up and he's torching it. But the lack of consistency at the quarterback position for the Raiders, um, you know, and it's different coaching staff. So it's McDaniels. Before that, it was Gruden. You know, um, before that, it was Dennis Allen and all these different coaches. And he just kind of is what he is. So I don't know that that's a guy that's ever going to take us to the promised land. I love the receiving core. I mean, obviously, Waller and Renfro and Devontae Adams, who's just a beast. Solid. I mean, what, and what a great debut Adams had. Oh. Unbelievable. Oh, I mean, so. and, and he's the real deal. I mean, there's yeah. no the dude's open by five yards, and to get any separation in the NFL is difficult. But to see how precise he is with his route running, and Renfro's the same way, you know, in the slot. So to see those guys and as 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 meticulous they are in their route running, Carr was just inaccurate in week one. But it's I'm not going to panic yet. Call me in six weeks, and we'll talk. Fair enough. Ryan Rosoff with us again from Little King as we continue. Now you're a huge sports fan, um, and we've got a few of you. I mean, Jim Ward's a big big UTEP fan. Yeah. We had Jim in the studio recently. We talked about his new album uh, coming out, Daggers. And then we also talked about UTEP because of his passion growing up with the Miners. You've uh, spent so many years in this city. You feel like you're a part of the community, which is why for you, 25 years later, you get a chance to have the, the concert, the, the big show here at the Rock House. Tell me a little bit about what to expect on the 18th when you get a chance to take the stage. Yeah, so as, because we're spread out all over the country, Mandy's in Delaware, I'm in Tucson, uh, the rest of the band is here. It's been really hard to get everybody together in physically in the same room so literally for the first time last night we had all six of us i've got a cellist named david hamilton who also plays with fungi mungle who's a very popular band he plays bass uh, christina hernandez who was playing violin jessica flores who is a solo performer and then of course eddie garcia who plays with the p razors uh mm-hmm. you know and has for years and years as well as some other bands so it's amazing. We finally sort of saw the magic last night in the studio as we were rehearsing all these songs. So El Paso is home. Um, even though I don't live here anymore, I've been off and on living here since 1992, so 30 years um, mm-hmm. living in the city. And it's just, you know, we've recorded all seven of our records here. Um, when people ask me where I'm from, I say, well, I grew up in Seattle, but El Paso is home. So uh, the Rock House is a great venue. Um, Mateo Martinez is the, is the proprietor there, and he provides such an awesome venue for local bands as well as touring bands. It's a great place. And so, yeah, I mean, to have a retrospective is really what we're looking at. I think we've got songs from five or six of the records. Um, we've got some visual components as well. We've got videos for, for every song. Nice. So I think you're going to see um, a variety of rock music. I think there's a lot of dynamics within the music. Um, that's something that I really believe in. I think we live in a short attention span <laughs> society now. And so to, you know, to be able to go from the heaviest of the heavy to the very dynamic sort of softer things and then kind of all points in between, over the course of an hour of live music, I think it, it's super important. So that's what I would say to expect is come out and see some precise music, but some also some emotion and, and, and some dynamics within the context of our songs. Would you classify Little King as prog rock primarily, or are there other genres you want to include? I mean, it's funny because prog rock was probably the, the used best used to describe Rush, which is a huge influence on my music, as you and I have talked about. Yes. Um, but there's a lot of prog rock that is very long and sort of epic-laden, 15-minute songs with 11 different movements and time changes. That's not really what Little King music is about. So I would say it's progress- it has pro- progressive touches, but it's much more rooted in, in classic rock. In the, you you know, Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd and the bands that I grew up on, The Who and, and The Stones and people like that. So, I mean, I think after all this time, after 25 years, it just is sort of unto itself. I would like to think that We've carved our own little sort of unique niche in in music, and whether or not uh, you know people take to it or not, I think people if they actually sit down and take the time to listen to music, which it certainly to me is the best 
record we've ever made. Um, you know, Manny took a step forward, I think, in his confidence in playing within our band and, and the instrumentation of the people we mixed with and mastered with. So I think if people take the time to listen to it, they may apply whatever, you know, moniker they want to it. But I, but I don't know that progressive is wrong, but I certainly don't consider us a classic progressive rock band. Fair enough. Um, is it a one-off show or could we potentially see future shows before the end of the year as a result of this? Yeah, I would definitely look, we're looking at December again for a full tour. We're playing in Tucson on Friday. Okay. Um, sort of getting the kinks out on Friday, taking the day off and then come back here on Sunday. So um, the goal is in 2023 to be on the road consistently, at least, you know, for 40 to 50 shows throughout the course of the year. That's, that's the best laid plans of Mice and Men. You never know how it's going to go, but we're videotaping. So we're filming nice. the full show. We're recording the whole show uh, hopefully for a live album if everything works out correctly but also as a representation of us live so that we can take it to bigger clubs and venues around the country and say hey this is what we do please book us and so that's the hope for for the El Paso show and what better place to do that than you know our hometown uh, the the newest record by the way Amuse the Q has seven tracks it is available right now on uh, Amazon Music so people yes. can check that actually that's uh, I was looking at Apple Music Amazon Music everywhere, everywhere you go it's yeah. pretty much on every platform there is right it is and and well, be selling it at the show. You know, it's funny. We have a few copies of the CD. I mean, who buys CDs anymore? I guess some I do. people do. Yeah, I do there too. There you go. So you and I, but we know we just talked about how old we are. So there you go. Um, I do have a CD player in my truck, though. So there nice. is that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm funny with merchandise. It's it almost it feels weird to me to to really sell my my stuff. I, I almost pimp out my product. It almost feels like it's. You know, for lack of a better word, a bastardization of the art. I, I, I'm not good at it, Steve. I'm not a good sales guy when it comes to my art. So, yeah, there's some, you know, T-shirts and some hats and some CDs like that. But certainly the emphasis isn't going to be on the selling of the stuff. It's the emphasis is to make fans and for have people go. to come out and listen to the music and, and hopefully appreciate what it is that we're trying to do, which I think is something different musically. Easiest way for people to get tickets to the show Sunday night? Show up at the door. It's a mere five bucks. They got two other bands. So uh, Ray Monroe is his band, The Third Edge, is playing, uh, KLAQ DJ. Nice. Uh, we've toured with them. Gosh, I mean, it's been probably 15 or 16 years since we've been on the road, but he and I have spent some time on the road together. He's a dear friend of mine. And then I think there's a band called Ojo Model that's also playing. So there'll be two other bands, but I believe the doors open up at eight. And it's just, a, you know, like I said, it's a mere Lincoln at the door. So, you know, show up and high five everybody and, and come see which UTEP jersey I'll be wearing or i may have a hardaway jersey or i may have a nate archibald jersey on you never know how many utep jerseys do you own i own actually i only own an antoine gillespie jersey really i, I just do. talked to antoine a few weeks ago he's in switzerland right i now. know he's he Geneva. is i do i see him on facebook every once in a while but i do have a hardaway jersey you know i guess he just went to the college hall of fame uh, uh, basketball hall of fame that college fame. that's the naismith basketball oh he hall went fame. in the, hall the big fame, right. one okay so he, yeah he's in springfield finally Good. so he's there um I have a, t- a tiny Archibald jersey as okay. well um, cool. from Kansas City, which is cool, an old school one. So that is cool. Um, you know, I may just have to, you know, just just cycle through them. One last thing before I have to go. Sure, we got guests coming up in a second. Yep. Adrian, how many jerseys do you own in your collection? Oh, that's a good question. It's over twenty. All right, over yeah. twenty. Over twenty. Um, no, Manny, how many jerseys do you own? One Steelers jersey with my <laughs> name on it in the back. You got so so okay. So you you got what number, by the way? My birthday, seventeen. There you go, seventeen with your na- with your na- uh, name on the back, your last name. How many jerseys do you own in the collection right now, Adrian? Give it time, and you may um, you may get to my level, buddy. I don't know <sighs> if that's ever going to happen. It's about I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy NBA. Oh jerseys. my! Just but N- I, what I tried just to NBA, just NBA. Do you have I, NFL jerseys too? Only Raiders jerseys. Okay, of and how yeah. about basketball or baseball? I mean. I do not own any baseball jerseys, but I'm really looking actively for a very nice Julio Rodriguez jersey because that's not he's a good one. That's a good one to have. Mariners. How do you not have a Julio? How do you not have like a Griffey Jr. jersey? I wasn't a Marif- Mariner fan back in the day. I was a Yankee fan until a Rod, and then okay. I, they just killed they killed that for me. I well, couldn't that, do it. That happens. Yeah, well, and I know I know how much you love the Yankees. No, I'm a Mets fan. I know. So stop it with that Yankee stuff. Although, <laughs> although Judge is having a great year this year. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. All is right. he the MVP or is it Otani? It uh, depends on who you want to go with. I personally would side with Judge because he's having that career year, but you can make the Otani argument because he does both. I don't think you can make the Otani argument because his team is absolutely awful. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It could be worse. Could be uh, could be Mike Trout and the Angels every year. Yeah, I know. Boy, with those two guys and the fact that they're always 20 games under 500 at the end of the year blows my mind. I can't believe you have 70 basketball jerseys. That's a story in itself. <sighs> come back and see me towards the end of the year when you guys come back in December to play, okay? Always a pleasure, buddy. Thank Appreciate you. you guys. Good to meet you. Hey, good to see you too, 
bud. Thank you. He need you. a trailer for all his jerseys. <laughs> he does. We'll work on that. Just 70 jerseys is ridiculous. All right. That's, uh, again, Ryan and Manny, Little King, this Sunday at the Rock House, celebrating 25 years. The eight teams next, right after Charlie won, and this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk, our thanks again to Ryan and Manny from Little King getting us started. We've only got night. We got an hour left. That's it. One hour. We're going to spend it with the A-team right now for a few. Andy Enfeld, Angelo Levis with us right now. Welcome back, you two. Second to last homestand of the season. Where has the time gone this year? Flies by. Incredible. It? 12 it is. games left. Oh, and Twelve. they're all important games. For the These first place huge. chihuahuas. Yeah. We're tied for first with Brown Rock. We play Round Rock this series, and then we have a break on Monday just to play Oklahoma City. All three of us are – well, we're t- tied with Oklahoma City right now. Round Rock is one game back. That's right. So we've got to win at least four out of this series and four out of the next. From what I understand, uh, the Chihuahuas are leading um, Round Rock 11-10 and trailing Oklahoma City 11-10 in all of these head-to-head games. And that's how they're going to determine the tiebreaker to see who wins the PCL East, gets to play the West in Vegas in a one-game winner-take-all PCL title. And then two days later, they're going to play in Vegas for the championship. That's right. Wow. That's right. These 12 games are important, and we need everyone to come out and cheer on the Chihuahuas so we can make a run for the championship. Yep, that's that's exactly right. And again, it all starts uh, tonight at the ballpark, uh, which is good. It looks like the rain is now out of the forecast after yesterday. Uh, did the downtown area get a little extra precip last night? It did. <laughs> it did, but we have an amazing grounds crew. Travis Howard and his team, Probably they're needed amazing. It. It's well, been dry for about a week has. now. They could have used the extra rain. That, that grass looks good. It enjoyed a drink. Yep. So. Come out to the ballpark and look at that beautiful green. That's right. That's what it's. Uh, that's what it's all about. Since uh, once again, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, what should be tonight on a Tuesday night at the ballpark. Let's talk about uh, promotions and uh, tonight tacos, uh, twos and brews getting going at the ballpark. Absolutely, gates open at five thirty, of course, and we have those specials till two and a half hours after that. So eight o'clock, you can get your fill on two dollar tacos and two dollar estrella can. Come early tonight. Absolutely. And get as much in as you possibly can. And that's what I always say. Get started early because you know what? The gates open, what, an hour before the game? And you can have some fun. That's right. It's such a great deal. Come get your fill. That's right. Uh, Tomorrow night, let's talk about what's going to be happening on Wednesday. Every Wednesday, of course, is Seniors Eat Free and our Wine and Nine special. So seniors 16 up, come get that free hot dog meal. And then if you're a connoisseur of wine, we got $4 wines through 8 o'clock. Nice. Uh, what is the nine? Uh, do we know what the nine dollar promotional food item is yet for uh, Ooh, this Wednesday? I believe, and I oh, man, sorry, don't quote me on this. I think it's a cheeseburger basket. Ooh, I like that too. Just just stick with the classics. Yeah, I mean, it's the perfect meal and nine bucks. It's got a good discounted rate on that for tomorrow night. God, I'm so, so happy you mentioned that because a story just came on a second ago saying Sparky's wins best cheeseburger um, at the oh, New Mexico oh, State I Fair. Love Sparky's actually Gotta best love green Sparky's. best green chili cheeseburger. Which, to go. be honest with you. I've had them all. I've had um, I've had the owl. Yep. I've had the buckhorn. Mm-hmm. I've had uh, Sparky's. I still think um, if you have never been to Sparky's, my God, it's so, so good. good, and it's worth the drive. It is, and it's, it's not as far as the owl or or uh, the buckhorn. It's not. It's, it's a core. It's in Hatch. Exactly. It's not far at all. Hatch is only like thirty minutes outside of Cruces. A hundred percent. It's worth the drive. I'm with you on that one, guys. Worth the drive. So Take anyway. a Saturday out there, Saturday trip. Worth the drive. Do we have green chili cheeseburgers at the Chihuahuas? We do not. We need to. You know, if there's ever something for next season that we can add, let's do. I mean, it's never going to be Sparky's, but still, we've got. We can get Hatch Green Chili. It's El Paso. It's so easy to just add it on. We need a green chili cheeseburger for next season. They used to have that in the they first did. couple of years. It was called the El Paso Burger Wrap. It was my favorite thing on the menu. It was and basically it a green chili yeah. cheeseburger. Wrapped in a tortilla. It was, it was incredible. So now, wait a minute. It was stop the show. They didn't have, so they took like a cheeseburger with green chilies yep. and threw it in a flour tortilla? Or yeah. not threw it, but like they put it in a flour tortilla. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. almost yeah. like one of those Taco Bell Like uh, the, the yeah. Crunchwrap Supreme yeah. things, but it was basically a that? burger. I might have tried it. Was oh it, was it my incredible? God. It was so good. I got it all the time. But if you, ha- if, if you do go to the ballpark, we do have a burger cart that has the jalapeno popper burger, the enchilada burger, mm-hmm. and the pastrami There's burger. There's a pastrami burger that's really great. Yeah. Are you a burger connoisseur? 
He is. Yeah, I'm a burger guy. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've yeah. tried all the burgers this season? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. And i got to say, out of those new ones, the pastrami one's my favorite. Really? Yeah. Uh, so pastrami and a hamburger go good together. They do. Yeah, very so good. So interesting. Yeah. Is there cheese on there, too, or just pastrami and the burger? No, there's cheese on. Yeah. All right. That's excellent. And it's a burger cart. Which yeah. is nice because that means it's made to order, right? Is it a exactly. flat top and they oh, yeah. kind of cook it up real nice yeah. and all that? Right, right in front of you. Oh, that sounds like fun, guys. Oh, yeah. oh, so yeah. good. It is, it's worth Where is going. that burger card? What section? It's behind 123. God, you're so good. You know these things. So, you should uh, yeah. memorize this. <laughs> up oh. The, uh, up oh, the, I love that. The third baseline right behind correct. Budweiser Bullpen and Patio. Oh, yep. very nice. All right, listen, more. Uh, I'm getting hungry. More food coming up in a moment with the A-Team, and we'll talk about the rest of the homestand. But first, let's go to Adrian and get this bottom of the hour Sports Center update. Thank you very much, Steve. Let's go over to some news out of Live Golf. Golfers will compete for $50 million, the richest purse in sports history, at the Live Golf season-ending team championship, which is scheduled to play at the Trump National Doral Miami from October 27th through the 30th. Twelve four-man teams will compete for a $16 million first-place prize. The teams will be seeded 1 through 12. The top four seeds will receive a bye to the quarterfinals, and the other eight will compete in qualifying rounds. Uh, in this right now, the Live Golf Tour sport spokesperson told ESPN that details on team championships were still being finalized. Let's go over to more news. This involving Cowboys uh, quarterback Dak Prescott. Owner and general manager Jerry Jones said today that quarterback Dak Prescott won't go on the injured reserve after surgery on his right thumb on Monday. The initial timeline for Prescott to return was six to eight weeks, according to sources. However, Jerry Jones said that the report following the surgery was more favorable. Theoretically, Dak Prescott could be back for the October 9th game at the Rams in week five if things work out well in Dak's recovery. The original thought was that Dak could miss seven games and return potentially November 13th at the Packers after the Cowboys bye. Let's go to more news today. This also out of the NFL. Doctors determine Tuesday afternoon that Pittsburgh Steelers TJ Watt does not need surgery on his torn pectoral and the star pass rusher is expected to miss a about six weeks. Watt, who suffered the injury on Sunday in a 23-20 overtime victory against the Bengals, had sought out a second and third opinions on the injury. That's a look at your Sports Center update. I'm Adrian Broaddus. Adrian, thank you very much. We continue with the A-team folks. Uh, that would be one Andy Emfeld and one Angela Olivas from El Paso Chihuahuas Baseball. We just talked about Tuesday and Wednesday. Let's get to Thursday and what's going to be happening at the park Thursday. Heading into the big weekend of excitement with, um, again, uh, you know, Round Rock in town, then OKC. Yeah, it's our final Margaritas Night of 2022. So we'll have, of course, our Thrifty Thursday specials, but fans will get to enjoy the, the guys in lime green on the field. And, yeah, last one of those in 2022. We also have a 915 Margaritas Merchandise Special. So if you purchase any margaritas merchandise, you can get the second one for equal value or less for $9.15. Oh, very so. nice. Throw that 915 out there. Had a way. Good job, guys, flashing the 915. <laughs> right? 915. Yeah, man. well, you know, margaritas night lands on September 15th, so why not put that together and right. try to sell some margarita merchandise? That takes us to uh, Friends Night on Friday. Already, I like uh, I like watching Chico uh, in his friend's pose. That's 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 pretty cool too. Yeah. Yep. So uh, first fans through the gates will get this awesome friends and Chihuahuas co-branded coffee mug, and this is a huge coffee mug. I need to measure the ounces on this thing. It's probably like twenty to twenty-four ounces. Get out of here! Like it's, it's you can eat cereal it's, out of this thing. It's, it's pretty huge. big. Oh, I like the way it's shaped. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a cereal or a soup mug. Yeah, that exactly. is nice. And that what, is nice. What's even cooler about this night is just last week I got a special delivery from Warner Brothers. Really? We have a replica of the Central Perk couch that will be on the concourse for fans to take pictures. They mailed you and sent you a replica couch from Warner Brothers? Seriously? Yep. Oh, yeah. So it, it comes wow. with it's the couch and the rug and the really? coffee table and a sign, and it's going to be a great photo op. I mean, Get if, you, here. if you're a fan of Friends, you definitely want to come sit on this couch. It's the iconic The Couch, the couch. from the show. Is there any truth to the rumor that, um, I mean, again, it's just a rumor. It's not anything else, but that uh, Matt LeBlanc is going to be coming into town to throw out the first pitch. 
That's a rumor. It's, a, it's going around. Who said that? Not to, I'm just I've heard on social media. <laughs> is it happening? Is it? Is there any truth to that rumor? Stay tuned. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, that'd be cool. That I'm, would be really cool. I, I didn't heard. say Jennifer Aniston. I said Matt LeBlanc. All I know so, is that Ross Joey. and Rachel were on a break. <laughs> That's true. That is true. They were on a break. Plus, Joey has aged the best of all of them because yep. he looks the most normal. So, oh, uh, you know, it would be perfect to Absolutely. see him out here throwing the first pitch. I don't know if we could lie about that. I don't know. He's, he's not he's coming. He's not coming. No. Is he? I just made Did you it up. Okay. I mean, I'm just curious if that was happening or not. So sometimes you make things up and it turns out to ha- be true. So you never know. Yeah, no yeah. You never know. I once made up that the Cowboys were playing an exhibition game at the Sun Bowl and six months later they were. So, I remember you know, that. it's crazy. You never know when these things are going to really happen. All right. So that's, that's Friday night. Are tickets still available for the game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Friends night, folks. That's going to be iconic. That's going to be awesome. Are you the first baseball team to do friends night like with the couch at the ballpark or is this been like is this kind of like a baseball couch that goes from ballpark to ballpark i've seen it in the big leagues but yeah. never in minor league so Fantastic. i think we'll be the first if not one of the first to do it in the minors adrian you a friends fan unfortunately i'm not <gasps> i know oh you're in the know. wrong you're in the wrong age bracket i mean yeah, you know i'm like I think the that's office it. like you know the, I, I definitely binged all the office so i'm all there but i just not with the friends i mean i yeah. lived through friends friends yeah. was started in i think 94 right around the time i was getting out of college so I, I understand this is my obsession you can watch it on tbs or nick at night you can <laughs> reruns or the office on comedy central or f- i think it's freeform let me give you some others, okay? <laughs> Peacock's got the whole office run. HBO Max really? has the whole friends run. Oh, I run. have, I, yeah, I do have HBO Without Max. commercials if you want it. So that's really? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because I watch both of them religiously. Oh, there you go. All right. Anyway, so Adrian's yeah. not a fan. I appreciate you being honest, by the way. You what about been Seinfeld? A- uh, yeah, I actually love Seinfeld. See, I, I have watched uh, bits and pieces throughout the entire uh, Seinfeld run, but I never really latched on to Friends. I, it just was a show that I, I never got into. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Fair. you first off, you were really young when it was on. Yeah, and true. then syndication, I understand. I mean, yeah, I get it. I don't know. But Seinfeld came out first. Before Friends, right? It did. Exactly. Seinfeld came out late 80s. Yeah. Yeah. My dad liked Seinfeld, so that's how okay, I Okay, there it, it is. In yeah. fact, when Seinfeld first came out, Cheers was still on the air. That's wow. right. How about that? First, I'm a, I'm a sitcom encyclopedia from the 70s and 80s. That's pretty much all I you know did Same. as a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that would be Friday night. How about Saturday and Sunday, guys? What are the, what's the cool. weekend? Yeah, it's Star Wars night. Hey! So we'll have, have a lot of... A lot of characters coming out from our friends from a galaxy far, far away. Jerseys? Not jerseys this year, but okay. of course it ends with the best fireworks show in town, choreographed to some Star Wars themes and music. Oh, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. I like that. Um, excellent. So Star Wars night on Saturday. What, and do, are we going to see a lot of uh, cosplay, probably? Yes, absolutely. Just as uh, so our fans know, lightsabers are permitted, but blasters are not. So bring your lightsaber to the ballpark, but no blasters. Okay, fantastic. Probably this is the only night of year you can bring a lightsaber and, and be legal, <laughs> so do it. Uh, what about Sunday? Sunday is Strikeout Cancer Day, presented by the Hospitals of Providence. So we have a couple of very special moments planned to recognize those who have been battling cancer. Um, but then after the game, kids will get to run the bases just like every Sunday. That's and excellent. it's day baseball, too. So day it's baseball. at 12.05, first awesome. pitch. And just a reminder, a week from Wednesday, a week from tomorrow, is our last midweek day game. So we know people love those. Buy your tickets now because they're going fast. That's a week from Wednesday. A week from Wednesday, 12.05 first pitch. September 21. Adrian, we might have to play some hooky at the station that day for that day game. I like that idea, Steve. Let's do it. All right. And by the way, guys, one other thing. That little mini Bluetooth speaker is phenomenal. We were at the game that night (laughs) and happened to be fortunate enough to get one of those. What a cool little giveaway because that thing is so tiny, yet when you play music on it, you wouldn't believe how good it sounds. It's awesome. It's got a little power to it, yeah. It does. Judge yep. me by my size. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to be doing uh, impersonations on Saturday night at the ball game? Uh, oh I think God. that's all I got. I don't know. Thank you, Chewy. <laughs> that is uh, that is phenomenal. Okay, tickets available. You can go to epchihuahuas.com, get your seats, and uh, be good to go. And hopefully we'll see you at the ballpark over the rest of the week. Yep, starting, games left. That's right, starting tonight. Come back and see us next Tuesday. What Absolutely. do you say? Absolutely, because we have a huge last homestand. Huge. I great. I can't wait to talk about it with you both. Yeah. All right, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. It's the A-Team from the Chihuahuas. Come back to wrap up our one of two as Sports Talk continues. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. 
48 now past the hour. Our phone number today is 505-6009. You watched the game last night. See what happened there. By the way, uh, I remember when it wasn't that long ago, okay? It really wasn't that long ago. Denver and Seattle used to have a fun AFC West rivalry, okay, before Seattle went to the NFC. This was a good, good rivalry. And last night, it felt like that again, especially with Russ uh, coming back to Seattle. Yeah, it was. You felt the tension from the crowd. They were booing him left and right. I mean, I, to be honest with you, Steve, I, I got to be honest. I'm not a Russell Wilson fan, but I do like his abilities. I like what he brings as a quarterback on a team. Uh, and you could see the offense kind of rejuvenated right away from Denver's side of things. I mean, what a difference a quarterback makes. However, I will say the fact that they drove it inside Seattle territory multiple times and they could not convert. It yep. really reminded me of the UTEP football team. Like that, you know, they have these great drives. They go all the way into enemy territory, and they're unable to cap it off with a touchdown. Uh, and that's what we saw last night from Denver. They just couldn't score against Seattle. That was the difference of it. And why are you kicking a 64-yard 60, field goal at the end? Trust your quarterback and have way better time management than what they had. Well, that Gordon fumble was a killer, too. I mean, they had, they had opportunities, and they, just, uh, they, they self-imploded in that one. And by the way, for the first time in his NFL life, Geno Smith, her chance of Geno in the crowd. Like, fans in Seattle were chanting his name. They never did that in New York with the Jets or the Giants or any place else he's ever been. This was like this was like Geno Smith's career night. He was 23 out of 28 for a buck 95 and a pair of touchdowns with no interceptions. And he played really well in this football game. Yeah, he's 31 years old, uh, and Geno Smith is finally maybe finding his stride with an NFL uh, organization. I'm not telling you the ceiling is pretty high for this Seahawks team, but in a winnable NFC West right now where you see the 49ers and, and their problems, you see the Cardinals and their problems, why can't the Seahawks try to maneuver their way and be a sneaky wildcard team and still be a middle-of-the-pack squad when it's all said and done so they could still spend their first-round draft pick on a quarterback I mean I think that's possible for the Seahawks team and why not continue with Geno Smith right now and and yeah you're right he had a superb game yesterday I think the one thing that I would like to see Geno clean up is maybe hold holding on to the ball a little too long uh that Denver Broncos pass rush really got to him late in that game but if you've got the ball at the 46 yard line with 20 seconds left and it's fourth and five and and you know that Russ is having a good game statistically he really is why would you not keep the ball and put it in his hands instead of trying to kick a 64-yard game-winning field goal? It makes no sense. You didn't make you didn't trade all of those players and picks to kick a 64-yarder. That's right. And another thing about this is uh if you looked at the plays leading up to that, Steve, they had a lot of success on a lot of different plays. Like they were they were moving the ball easily against the Broncos defense when uh clock was the, the, the time was dwindling down. I just hated their clock management. They had a lot of timeouts left and they it seemed it seemed like they didn't use any kind of like uh strategy while trying to move the ball down the field and win the game. No, I completely agree with you. 100%. But I'll tell you what it did do. This wrapped up a great a great weekend of football. My goodness. How how spoiled are we that week one was this exciting? I mean, there's so many great games, so many upsets and injuries that now, I mean, we're hearing the news that maybe Dak won't be out that long and ultimately, you know, they're not going to IR him because they think he could recover sooner rather than later, which is an interesting storyline for the Cowboys. TJ Watt says he's coming back. So, yeah, there's some really, really good storylines. Uh, and if you're a Niners fan, the one downside is Mitchell's injury, which really puts a, a huge, huge, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I mean, burden, I would say, on Trey Lance and now the running game, which Jeff Wilson's going to have to anchor because they cut Trey Sermon a few weeks ago. Yeah, they got Marlon Mack t- today from the, uh, I guess, the waiver wire. They worked out several other running backs, but no one's going to bring you what Elijah Mitchell will bring you uh, if you're the 49ers right there. And you needed him. He was your premier back. Exactly, exactly what you said about Trey Sermon being cut. Yep. Uh, I, my biggest question is, how how soon will we see Jimmy Garoppolo with the 49ers? Or will we see him at all? I mean, do, do the 
uh, 49ers dangle him uh, with other franchises and still try to trade him, even though he's got that no trade clause and, and try to work out a deal with somebody else? I don't think you could. I think it would be catastrophic for Trey Lance's confidence if the year you've committed to him, you pull him after two or three games and give the ball back to Garoppolo. At that point, to me, that signals that um, you you have zero confidence in Lance, and you don't know if he'll ever be able to recover from that. I mean, if he's your guy, he's your guy. You have to stick with him because if you go away and he's a healthy scratch and you bench him for Jimmy Garoppolo, you might never be able to get him back. I, I agree with you completely because I think quarterbacks need time to adjust to the speed of the NFL. I mean, Trey Lance hasn't played that many games to begin with in, in his football career. Like at North Dakota State, uh, those last two seasons, he hardly played. And, and one of them wasn't his fault. It was the pandemic-shortened season. But we've seen teams across the league have a lot more of a shorter leash on quarterbacks. So I'm curious to see how much patience the 49ers will actually have with Trey Lance. I'm John, I, I agree with you. Hey, listen, if you're in the market for buying or selling a home and you don't have a lot of time to do it, but you're looking for the right person, the right team, let me tell you who to go with. Brian Birds of the Brian Birds Home Selling Team powered by eXp Realty. And here's why. Listen to this story about a family in El Paso. They enlisted the help of Brian and his team to sell their home and buy a new one. Their home sold in just three days, and then the team made it their priority to get them settled in their new home and make sure they were taken care of. Man, Brian's team is highly recommended by this family, and they said... They'd scream it off the rooftops if they could. Now, you got to find that sweet spot when you list your home. Not too high where it doesn't sell or too low where you leave money on the table. You definitely need Brian Bird's, folks. Guarantees to sell your home for a price and deadline you both agree to, or he'll buy it himself. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC in the Rhinos. The only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Brian Bird's. You can go online to brianbirds.com or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, and start packing. Hey, El Paso, have you heard? To sell your home, guaranteed. Call Brian Birds. Go to brianbirds.com. Three uh, tweeted the show yesterday and said this. Steve, minor fans need to calm down. The magic number is five. Win five games and you go bowling. What more can you ask for? That's a really, really interesting tweet to me. Really interesting. And I I didn't get to it yesterday and I wanted to. So what enemy win the number three is saying is, hey, don't worry about the way the game ended. It was still a win. It's one of six that's needed to go bowling. So really all they need is five more and they're six and six and they qualify for a bowl game. So what what Adrian said to me is what more can you ask for? So to me, what I was thinking about when I read this tweet is, is this, okay? I really do feel that since Dana Dibble arrived, there has been steady improvement each year, but especially from year three to year four. They made a huge jump. In 2020, they were competitive, but in 2021, they won seven games and they went bowling, okay? Expectations were very high this year, were very high. And to me, I don't want to settle for a 6-6 six and six season in which you hope, you hope that they go bowling. Because there are certain 6-6 six and six teams that don't get taken, okay? There just are. So... You know, you want to ensure you go bowling, you need to be seven and five, not six and six. But to me, when the question was, what more can you ask for? Okay. My answer to that, enemy win the number three, would be improvement from last year to this year. Okay. That's the key. I don't want to see this team take a step back. And try to back into another bowl game at six and six. Because to me, that's not, you know, that, that's not what he didn't lose the whole team from last year. He has nine guys back on offense and seven on defense to start the season. Now, we know about Breon Hayward. We know about some of the injuries and some of the situations there. And they and they've lost some guys. So there's no doubt. But Adrian, I think it's fair to say. That with what they had coming back this season, fans 
absolutely, three weeks ago, were expecting a big year from UTEP and uh, a 6-6 six and six season in which they, you know, hopefully get go bowling in a league that is not a good league is not something that, you know, I think fans want. I think they want to just see the continued progression of this program as Dana has been building it year after year after year. And they want to see improvement from last season to this season. That's right. With uh, this team as it was going into this year, the nucleus was intact. That's where I feel like some of the minor fans have that frustration is the, since the nucleus was intact from last year, I mean, really, just Jacob Cowing, lo- you, you lose on offense, and then you lose some standouts like Davion Inyang, Walter Neal Jr. on the defensive side, but they still supplemented that those uh, losses with more talent that they gained over the offseason yep. or through promoting uh, you know other guys like Ray Flores, who's uh, slid into a, a nice role at the receiver position. But the point is, they came into this year with a lot of expectations. And for this UTEP football program, whenever they have a winning season, historically, they regress the following year. I mean, you look back to the last time they had a winning season in 2014, the year right after that, in 15, they were 5-7. and seven. Now, yeah, you could make the argument that they were a field goal away from being 6-6 six and six that mm-hmm. year, but they missed the bowl game. Uh, they, there's no uh, you know exception to what-ifs or what-could-have-beens. And then you go back to 20. 2010. That was the Mike Price year where they went to the New Mexico Bowl at six and seven. The year right after that, they were mediocre, five and seven right after, and they, uh, you know, they kind of went downhill after that. So I think the fans wanted to see. Uh, like consistency, a, a winning program that can win win year after year. And unfortunately, out of the get-go, I think fans are a little alarmed of what they see right now with UTEP. And yeah, the magic number is five, but why can't they get to eight? Uh, exactly. There's no reason why they can't if they bring back all the same talent from last year, pretty much. Now, here's the good news. The good news is it's only three games into the season. A ton can happen between now and the end of the year. Especially when you have nine games left. And... I do believe this New Mexico game is going to tell us a lot about this football team. Because if they come back and beat New Mexico and are 2-2 two and two heading into the Boise State game, they're going to have a ton of momentum and they're going to have a chance to play their best football game of the year and ride that the rest of the way. Okay? They absolutely could. They absolutely could. Because we have not seen this team play a good second half this season. Not yet. In three games. That could happen on Saturday. It's very possible. So, or on the flip side, if they go to Albuquerque and lay an egg, it could sink them for the rest of the year or for at least the Boise game. And then they're going to have to try to rebound and potentially be a one in four football team going into conference play and and the rest of their conference games. And that's a really tough spot to be in because if you're one in four, you got to win the rest of your games, all eight of them to try to finish eight and four. You got to go seven out of eight to be seven and five or six out of eight just to be six and six. So this New Mexico game is a big one for UTEP because it could absolutely dictate what happens the rest of the season. But the point is, through these first three games, what we've seen is we've seen glimpses. We have. We've seen glimpses of what this team can do. But we've also seen things that are a little little bit troubling, because you don't want to see it get worse, because you realize that this team is yet to play a great second half and and score points, and realistically, other than the second quarter, they've scored nine points the other three quarters the first three games. So, Adrian, there is definitely a lot that needs to happen in order to get the confidence back in a football team that I know a lot of fans were very jacked up about just a few weeks ago. I felt like last year's New Mexico win, the way that the Miners were able to overcome a first-half deficit and rally back with 17 unanswered points in the second half, I thought that's kind of springboarded their entire conference slate that was you know coming up from 2021. And maybe this is that game that can help uh, the UTEP football team kind of springboard things. But there are some alarming things. I mean, being outscored 47 
seven to six in the second half. That's inexcusable for a football team right there, where you have a quarterback who's uh, hey, he's now a three-year starter yep. here at, at UTEP, and he's he has a lot of starts under his belt. And you you want to see the offense move uh, the ball a little bit more, but actually finish drives, and you want to see them establish the run game between Ronald A. Watt and Deion Hankins. And it was kind of one side of this past weekend where we saw mm-hmm. A. Watt burst for a hundred plus yards, but you didn't see much from Hankins. So it, it's kind of like you see glimpses, you see flashes here and there, but you don't see them put it all together on the football field. I said before the season that my X factor for this entire year is Gavin Hardison. I, and I still believe that because I do think the running game will get going. And I also believe, though, that when Gavin is on his game, like he was against Oklahoma, had a great, uh, he had a 62% completion percentage, took good care of the football, made good decisions, threw the ball well, good things happen. And you know what? I mean, that's the key. You can't have Gavin throw for less than 50%. And more than anything, my biggest key is this. He has a cannon for an arm. But I want to see the touch passes. I want to see the 10-yard passes that aren't thrown so fast, you're going to take somebody's head off. I want to see a little touch on some of those short to intermediate passes. You don't have to zip it in as hard as you can air out the deep ball. And, And that's key, Adrian, because I do believe that if Gavin is consistent this year and can increase his completion percentage... The good things are going to happen to this football team. It seems like those smaller pat, the shorter passes, the slant passes, those can create opportunities for the big play, and that's what they, they love to do. Is they love to kind of pick pick at the defense here and there, and then they'll go out for the four vertical play, and they'll try to hit Tyron Smith for a deep ball. That's fine with me, but you have to establish that short game first. Give your receivers some confidence too. I mean, uh, the the drops from several receivers those could be kind of out of the out of the picture if they establish more momentum, more rhythm, more chemistry early on into the game with some of those dink and dunk passes and I think that hey even if you're getting uh, three to six yards on those pass attempts why not you're, you're not getting much production on the ground do some shorter pass plays to get you the first downs this is the third year in a row that Dana Dimmel has committed his offense to Gavin Hardison okay and there has really been nobody nobody brought in to UTEP in these three years that pose any significant threat to Gavin losing his job. There is no quarterback competition. It has been Gavin's team since 2020. And all I want to see is improvement from last year to this year. Because I do believe that if number two, wearing that Laufenberg jersey, is on his game and playing well, the Miners have an excellent, excellent chance to win every football game the rest of the way out. But inconsistent play at the quarterback spot is going to kill him. And that's something that just cannot happen the rest of the way out. That's what's the that's the difference between Gavin being a good to decent quarterback in conference, you say, than to be like a great or elite quarterback in this conference. He's got to take that next step. He's got to become somebody who completes drives and really leads the team in a, in a bigger way. And I think it, when he's the star, when he's the guy to do it, UTEP's offense, no, no doubt about it, they have a lot of success. So it, a lot of their, you know, their wins and losses, it'll be on Gavin Hardison because of how this offense is built. 16 past the hour as we continue here on Sports Talk. Let's uh, come back. Uh, we'll talk to John Teicher next live at Hudson's Grill, 1770 Lee Trevino, as we go to Charlie Wallen and get this traffic update, our final update of the show.